How's it going, food eaters? This is your host, Mel Weinstein, the self-professed prophet of processed foods, back with another episode about our industrial food system. I release a new episode at the end of every month, so stay tuned, and I suggest that you install a podcast app on your media device that automatically updates with new releases so you don't miss out on any of the shows. The program for today continues the intermittent series on fast food restaurants. With the first episode, I posed the question, are fast foods no different than highly processed foods found in grocery and convenience stores? So I began nosing around the internet looking for fast food restaurants that posted the ingredient lists and nutrition facts about their products. I was pleasantly surprised to see that many of the nation's fast food restaurants provide that information at their websites. For this episode, I wanted to see how bad it gets in terms of unhealthy food. So I searched for three of the worst fast food entrees served in the the United States. I think you'll be surprised at some of the findings. This is a 100% free on-demand radio show. Yes, no money down, no money later, just no money at all. To keep the show unaffected and untainted, I don't ask for financial support, and I don't enlist sponsors. No commercials. The show is put together on a shoestring budget because I want the content to be available to everyone with an internet connection without any interference from commercial parties. All I ask of you is to listen And if you are informed, educated, or entertained by the programs, please let others know through social media or the old-fashioned way. Word of mouth. Website and contact information will be provided at the end of the show. What sparked my interest in the subject matter for today's episode was a distant memory of the Heart Attack Grill. Have you heard about it? The owner, John Baso, opened the restaurant in Tempe, Arizona in 2005, flying in the face of growing public opinion regarding the potential health hazards of fast food. His goal was to offer up food that promised to make you unhealthy. Foods like the octuple bypass hamburger, buttermilk-based milkshakes, and flatliner fries cooked in lard. The waitresses dressed as nurses and the customers were treated as patients. The first restaurant closed in 2011, and another one opened in Dallas, Texas around the same time. That restaurant didn't last long and closed in the fall of that year. Ever the optimist, John Baso resurrected the restaurant in Las Vegas, where it still operates. They sell a quadruple bypass burger that rings up at 8,000 to 9,000 calories. The fries are 600 to 700 calories, and the butterfat shakes come in somewhere between 1,600 to 3,000 calories. When you go to the Heart Attack Grill website, you're immediately confronted with a 29-minute infomercial. The first scene shows a well-endowed female cartoon nurse wrapped in bacon flying happily around the world. This tongue-in-cheek video is a no-holds-barred promotion of John Bezos' 60-day Heart Attack Grill diet program, which promises gradual upward slopes of weight gain and a way of living that combines the best of eating and the best of drinking and the best of smoking through extreme gorging, coupled with absolute inactivity. On the positive side, Beso does warn that in some cases, mild death may occur. Well, 
The Heart Attack Grill is a celebration of the very worst aspects of fast food consumption. But I'm going to deal with something closer to everyday reality. I've delved into the subject of fast food restaurants in earlier episodes where I compared burger meals in McDonald's versus Burger King and also burrito meals in Taco Bell versus Chipotle. My objective was to determine if fast foods lived up to the reputation of being very unhealthy. Do fast food restaurants use low quality ingredients? Are most of the ingredients from processed foods and additives? And were the meals nutritionally deficient? I wanted to work with some real data to get the answers to those questions. And the restaurants I looked into provided the data for me, so the conclusions really couldn't be challenged. Now, why bother to do these studies? The fast food industry is massive and ever-growing. Americans have gotten hooked on fast food, and there's no end to that trend in sight. Although we can't completely blame fast food for the massive obesity epidemic in this country and the scary rise of type 2 diabetes, particularly in our youth, the fast food industry is certainly a major contributor. Here's a fact from the online source Statistica. In the spring of 2018, there were 660,755 fast food restaurants in the USA. In 2016, sales reached 766 billion U.S. dollars, with the population being about 322,179,605 people. The amount of money spent on fast food in 2016 comes out to be about $2,378 for every man, woman, and child. Plus, the industry is a major employer with a projected employee base of 3.8 million for 2018. All this says to me that fast food is a major source of calories for Americans. So it would be helpful, if we care, to know what we're eating. For this episode, I wanted to look at the worst of the worst fast food entrees. How bad can it get? How caloric and how processed can fast food get? Since I infrequently grace the plastic dining rooms of fast food restaurants, I turn to more informed experts. Certainly the internet could help me locate the worst of the worst. I found two websites that were helpful. First, from Insider Magazine, there was an article entitled, The Highest Calorie Menu Items You Can Order from 20 Fast Food Chains, published in July of this year. Second, from eatthis.com, there was an article entitled, 100 Unhealthiest Fast Foods on the Planet, also published in July. Both articles reported on the calorie counts for various menu items. I decided to use calorie counts as the measure for the worst of the worst. However, I couldn't just go by calorie counts because I also needed the ingredient list and nutritional facts. I'm happy to report that the majority of fast food restaurants that these articles listed included nutritional data at their websites. But, unfortunately, only some of them also provided the ingredient list. So I had to focus only on those restaurants that shared both types of information. That means that I can't report on the very worst fast foods in America, but I did find some amazingly unhealthy entrees. I did limit the search to sandwiches or bowls and did not consider sides, desserts, or drinks. Some of the menu items that were reviewed by the online articles that I could not evaluate 
included Dairy Queen's Honey Hot Glazed Chicken Strip Basket, coming in at 1,600 calories. Quiznos Classic Italian Sub, uh, that was 1,400 calories. Sabaro's Meat Lasagna, listed at 1,430 calories. Blimpy Blimp Large Sandwich, it racked up 1,610 calories. Dickie's Barbecue Pit Jalapeno Cheddar Kielbasa came in at 1,539 calories. And finally, Payway Asian Eateries Pad Thai with Vegetables and Tofu got up to 1,670 calories. Well, here are the three restaurants and entrees that I chose to investigate. From Burger King. The Rodeo King Sandwich, clocking in at 1,480 calories. Hardee's. From Hardee's, we get the Monster Thick Burger with a monstrous 1,300 calories. Then from Panera's, there's the Bread Bowl Barbecue Chicken Mac and Cheese with a calorie count of 1,230 calories. Now, keep in mind, all the daily values for nutrients that you find on Nutrition Facts labels are based on 2,000 calories, which is what the federal government considers an average daily intake. Using that figure, if you had one of the aforementioned entrees at the three restaurants, you would be consuming 74% of your daily calories at Burger King, 65% at Hardee's, and 62% at Panera's. That's just for one food item on the menu. Now, most people wanting a full meal would order more than one food item. If you also ordered fries and a strawberry banana smoothie at Burger King, the calorie count for the total meal would be 1,940. Sticking to the federal guideline, you could be done eating for the day. If you ordered medium fries and a strawberry ice cream shake at Hardee's, the calorie count for the total meal would be 2,500 calories. You just exceeded your daily recommended amount and will have to stop eating for the day. If you ordered half of a Greek salad and a cappuccino at Panera's, the calorie count for the total meal would be 1,560 calories. At least with that meal, you'd have room, a little room, to spare and could eat a few more food items for the rest of the day. Now it's time to get into the results of the investigations of these meals, looking at the breakdown of ingredients and nutrients. Maybe by the end, I can announce the very worst of the worst. Please note that all the data that I'll be referencing can be found in Google Documents that are linked in the show notes, just in case you get curious. Let's start with the Rodeo King Sandwich from Burger King. It consists of two flame-grilled beef patties, a half a pound of meat, along with three half strips of smoked bacon, crispy onion rings, barbecue sauce, American cheese, mayonnaise, all piled on a sesame seed bun. I have to give kudos to Burger King because you don't have to search for the calorie content of this sandwich. The company proudly displays it right next to the photo of the item. Make sure you're sitting down for this next revelation. There are 90 ingredients in this sandwich, not counting water, vitamins, and minerals. Yes, I said 90 ingredients in that one sandwich. The beef has one since it's 100%. The bacon has five. The onion rings have 33. The barbecue sauce has 17. The cheese has 10. The mayonnaise has 12. And the bun has 12. Is that complex or what? 
Since some of the ingredients are repeated in the components of the sandwich, it would be beneficial to determine the number of unique ingredients. That number is 72, which means 80% of the ingredients are unique. If you tried to construct this sandwich from scratch in your kitchen, you would need 72 different food materials. Of course, that's not what Burger King does, since it contracts with different manufacturers to provide the needed components, and they just slap them together in the restaurant. Since most food, fast food is characterized by heavy amounts of three appetite appeasers, salt, sugar, and fat, it's instructive to see how those ingredients show up in the Radio King sandwich. Salt is used six times, sweeteners are used five times, and fats or oils are used eight times. To summarize, 26% of all the ingredients fall into the salt, sugar, fat categories. Since I'm always wanting to know how much processed food winds up in fast food, I designated which ingredients can be classified as synthetic or highly processed. For this sandwich, 43 out of the 72 unique ingredients are designated that way. That's 60%. Are there any ingredients that only a chemist could love? Of course there are. To name a few, there is acetic acid, calcium disodium ethylene diamine tetraacetic acid, calcium propionate, the acronym DATUM, which stands for diacetyl tartaric acid of mono and diglycerides, then there's hydroxypropyl methyl cellulose, monosodium phosphate, sodium aluminum phosphate, sodium erythrobate, sodium tripolyphosphate, and sorbitol. The sandwich reads like an advanced chemistry set. Each of these ingredients has an express purpose as determined by the food scientists who engineered the components. Since I started the podcast two and a half years ago, I've kept track of new ingredients as they have popped up in the various foods being evaluated. Anymore, they don't show up very often, but here in the Rodeo King, I've found four new ingredients never discussed before. Calcium disodium ethylene diamine tetracetic acid is a preservative used to prevent crystal formation and to retard color loss. It is on the FDA priority list to be studied for mutagenic, teratogenic, and subacute reproductive effects. Hydroxypropyl methyl cellulose is used as an emulsifier in foods to keep oily and watery parts from separating. Sodium aluminum phosphate is used as a leavening agent for dough. Sodium erythorbate is an antioxidant used in baked goods and cured meats. Next up is the nutritional evaluation of the BK Rodeo King entree. This sandwich, costing around $6.89, has a serving size of 385 grams, or about 0.85 pounds. As mentioned earlier, this monstrous sandwich provides 1,480 calories. Most of those calories come from the fat content. Incredibly, the sandwich has 100 grams of fat, which is about 3.6 ounces. That comes to 154% of the daily value on a 2,000 calorie diet. That's enough fat for one and a half days. Worse yet, 39 of those fat grams come from saturated fat. 
which is associated with cardiovascular disease, you know, talking heart attacks and strokes, and contributes to high cholesterol. The American Heart Association recommends only 13 grams of saturated fat per day, which is one-third the amount in the Rodeo King sandwich. Although the FDA has mandated that trans fat be removed from commercial foods in the next few years, the BK Entree has 5 grams of trans fat. There is no official recommended daily amount, since ideally it should be zero, but this value is over twice the recommended amount suggested by HealthyEating.com. Trans fat contributes to heart disease by increasing uh, the LDL cholesterol, which is the bad cholesterol, and decreasing HDL, the good cholesterol. The carbohydrate content is 69 grams, or about 23% of the minimum recommended amount. That's reasonable in terms of quantity, but note that the carbs come from unhealthy sources like white flour, modified food starches, and sugars. The protein content is 48 grams. The government does not provide a minimum or maximum recommendation for the daily amount of protein. But excessive intake of protein is not healthy, placing a heavy burden on kidney function and contributing to bone loss. Healthline.com recommends 54 grams of protein per day, which means the BK entree provides about 89% of the daily protein need in that one sandwich. Of course, consumption of other meals during the day would put a person way over 100%. The cholesterol content is 310 milligrams, which is 103% of the daily value. Not a big surprise here, since the sandwich is loaded with fatty meat and dairy. With that amount of cholesterol, there's no more room for additional cholesterol for the other meals in the day. The sodium content, mainly from salt, is 2340 milligrams, which is 98% of the daily value. Again, we're basically maxed out on sodium. The fiber content is 3 grams, or 12% of the daily value. Fiber, a healthy nutrient, is typically at very low levels in fast food. A high fiber content keeps the intestinal tract healthy and efficiently moves waste out of the body. Lastly, the sugar content is 14 grams, most of that coming from the barbecue sauce. We usually don't think of hamburgers as being a significant source of sugar, but the Rodeo King sandwich delivers a half ounce of sugar, which is roughly one-third of the sugar found in a 12-ounce Coke. Let's move on to Hardy's Monster Thick Burger. It's interesting that Hardy's created a new compound word, Thick Burger, which would ordinarily be two words. The sandwich consists of two charbroiled beef patties, that's two-thirds pound of meat, along with four strips of smoked bacon, three slices of American cheese, mayonnaise, and a bun. There are 55 ingredients in this sandwich, not counting water, vitamins, and minerals. The beef is not 100%, but it has four ingredients. The bacon has eight, the mayonnaise has 10, and the bun has a whopping 33. The number of unique ingredients is 46, or about 84%. Looking at the three horsemen of the fast food apocalypse, salt, sugar, and fat, salt shows up five times. There are seven uses of sweeteners, and oil appears five times. 
To summarize, 35% of the ingredients fall into those categories. It's interesting to note that the Hardee's recipe, for some strange reason, calls for artificial sweeteners like acesulfame potassium and neotame, both synthetic high-intensity sweeteners. If you happen to be allergic to either one of these substances, you wouldn't know uh, that they were in the sandwich unless you took the time to check out the ingredients, like I did. Lastly, how much of the thick burger is composed of synthetic or highly processed ingredients? The finding is 28 out of the 46 unique ingredients fall in that category. That's 61%. Are there a bunch of chemical names in the ingredient list? You bet there are. To name a few, there is ammonium chloride, calcium disodium EDTA, calcium iodate, calcium propionate, calcium sulfate, maltitol, potassium sorbate, sodium erythorbate, sodium nitrite, and sodium phosphate. These chemicals serve as preservatives, dough conditioners, flavor protectors, and other things. Here there are two new ingredients not seen before in this podcast. Ammonium chloride and calcium iodate are used as dough conditioners. The calcium iodate can serve as a source of iodine for the thyroid gland. Let's take a look at the nutritional aspects of the Monster Thick Burger. The sandwich costing around $7.29 has a serving size of 383 grams or about 0.84 pounds. As stated before, the calorie content is 1,300. Again, most of these calories come from fat. The sandwich has a whopping 90 grams of fat, or about 3.2 ounces. That's 138% of the daily value. More than enough fat for four normal meals. There are 33 grams of saturated fat. That's 165% of the daily value. And there are four grams of trans fat. The cholesterol content is 265 milligrams, 88% of the daily value. The sodium content, mostly from salt, is 3,140 milligrams. The sandwich is loaded with sodium. This one entree provides 131% of the daily value. The fiber content is 2 grams, or 8% of the daily value, as expected, a very low value, which is not unusual for fast food. Lastly, the sugar content is 13 grams, spread across all the non-beef ingredients. Next up is Panera's Bread Bowl Barbecue Chicken Mac and Cheese. It's a bread bowl filled with pasta, cheese, cheese sauce, smoked pulled chicken, barbecue sauce, frizzled onions, and cilantro. I had never encountered the word frizzled, so I had to look that one up. It's defined as fried until crisp, shriveled, or burnt. Personally, I think Panera is being pretentious here and could have just simply stated the dish contains fried onions. There are 77 ingredients in this bread bowl, not counting water, vitamins, and minerals. The number of unique ingredients is 50, or about 65%. The pasta has two, the cheddar cheese has four, the cheese sauce has 25, the smoked chicken has six, the barbecue sauce has 20, the frizzle onions have 10, 
and an empty bread bowl has nine. The cilantro topping is, of course, just one ingredient. Salt appears eight times, sugar ingredients show up four times, and oil ingredients three times. To summarize, 25% of the ingredients fall into those categories. Lastly, how much of this menu item is composed of synthetic or highly processed ingredients? The finding is 21 out of the 50 unique ingredients. That's 42% can be classified that way. Are there a lot of chemical names in the Panera list? Yeah, but just a handful, such as ascorbic acid, which is a preservative, citric acid, a flavor enhancer and brings about tartness, lactic acid, an acidulant, microcrystalline cellulose, which is a texturizer or anti-caking agent, sorbitan monosterate is a, an emulsifier, and then lastly, there's calcium citrate. I've hit the jackpot today with still another new ingredient. Calcium citrate is used as a buffering agent to neutralize acidic foods. Now it's time to turn our attention to the nutrition facts. The Panera Bread Bowl costs about $6.83 with a serving size of about 448 grams. Now that number is based on two cups of filling and is a rough guess since Panera does not report the serving size at their website. As mentioned earlier, the calorie content is 1,230, with most of the calories coming from carbs this time. The bowl has 38 grams of fat, or 58% of the daily value. There are 18 grams of saturated fat, which is 90% of the daily value. There is only 1 gram of trans fat. That's good. The cholesterol content is 100 milligrams. That's 33% of the daily value. The sodium content, mostly from salt, is 2,250, or 106% of the daily value. So uh, you're maxed out for the day as regards sodium. The fiber content is 6 grams, or 24% of the daily value. Lastly, the sugar content is 14 grams, spread across the chicken, barbecue sauce, and the frizzled onions. At this point, I want to compare all three menu items. However, in order to be fair in this comparison, I need to express the nutritional values of each entree on the same basis, since the serving sizes are all different. I calculated the nutritional values for each entree on a 100 gram basis. For example, I report the number of calories per 100 grams of food. So here is the final nutritional analysis for the three entrees with Burger King given first, followed by Hardee's and Panera's. Calories, 384 versus 339 versus 275. Fat grams, 26 versus 23 versus 8. Saturated fat grams, 10 versus 9 versus 4. Cholesterol milligrams, 81 versus 69 versus 22. Carbs in grams, 18 versus 14 versus 38. Protein in grams, 12 versus 20 versus 11. Sodium in milligrams, 608 versus 820 versus 569. Fiber in grams, 1 versus 1 versus 1. Sugar in grams, 4 versus 3 
versus 3. You can see from this data that the Panera Bread Bowl comes out on top nutritionally. Fewer calories, lowest fat, cholesterol, and sodium. Most of the calories come from carbs, although not very healthy ones. The fact that Panera comes out on top is, is not a big surprise, since they promote uh, their food as clean, raised responsibly, nutrient-rich, savory, personalized, and transparent. Also, it claims to not include artificial preservatives, flavors, colors, or sweeteners. However, the barbecue chicken mac and cheese bowl still packs a bunch of calories, eating up 62% of the day's allotment. That doesn't leave much for the rest of the day, if body weight management is an issue. Also, the Panera's entree had the lowest percentage of unique ingredients and the lowest percentage of processed synthetic ingredients, indicating, for fast food, that they are closer to nature than the other two restaurants. That meal also had the lowest amount of saturated fat, making it significantly healthier. On the other hand, there were still 77 total ingredients in that bowl, which is a huge number, and the sodium content was pretty high, exceeding the daily value. So that leaves the BK Rodeo King versus the Hardee's Monster Thick Burger as candidates for the worst of the worst. From a processed food and nutritional standpoint, which is the unhealthiest entree? Since the serving sizes are similar, it's easy to compare the nutritional values. The Rodeo King tops the list in calories at 1,480 and a total fat at 100 grams, as well as saturated fat at 39 grams. It had the highest amount of cholesterol at 310 milligrams. The one positive comment I can make is that the sandwich had a lower sodium content. Overall, a steady diet of Burger King's Rodeo King sandwiches would probably kill you quicker than the Hardee's Monster Thick Burger. However, I really can't recommend any of these meals due to their high caloric content. Okay, let's summarize my findings regarding the worst of the worst fast food entrees. Beyond the high caloric content, consumers should be concerned about the high amounts of fat and sodium that these meals offer. The Burger King and Hardee's meals had fat amounts between 130 and 160% of the daily recommended value for a 2,000 calorie diet. Even if those were the only meals of the day, the consumer would be getting excessive amounts of fat. Now add in one or two other meals and it's easy to see that a steady diet of that kind of food could lead to an obesity problem and all its attendant health issues. Worse yet, the kind of fat being consumed was heavy and saturated fat universally recognized as a major contributor to clogged arteries. Also, those meals had high levels of cholesterol, which could lead to cardiovascular disease. Then there were the sodium levels. All three restaurant entrees had very high levels of sodium, ranging from 98 to 131% of the daily value. High sodium intake is associated with high blood pressure or hypertension. Not good. Most Fast food is high in salt, which delivers a strong taste, and most Americans have learned to associate salty food with appetizing food. The other observation that can be made about these fast food entrees has to do with the quality of the food. 
What kind of ingredients are being used? Is the food highly processed, containing high amounts of synthetic additives? For the Burger King and Hardee's meals, about 60% of the ingredients were highly processed or synthetic, that is, highly removed from natural foods. More and more studies are showing links between ultra-processed foods and chronic diseases like cancer. A diet high on those kinds of foods is likely very detrimental to health. Although Panera's promotes its restaurant as using wholesome and real foods, their bread bowl meal still has 42% of the ingredients as highly processed or synthetic. Eating out can be fun and pleasurable, but unfortunately most people would not take the time to try to figure out what they're eating in terms of the ingredients or the nutritive values. They just sit down to a mouth-watering meal, not knowing and maybe not caring about what they're consuming. So far in my evaluations of fast food restaurants, it's becoming more and more obvious that many of the foods found in those restaurants should be avoided if personal health is a concern. The sad conclusion is that for many people, the overriding factors for eating out do not include health and well-being, but are based more on taste, convenience, and cost. It's time for some news. The subject of my very first podcast episode was cereals. I wanted to confirm the often heard claim that many of the cereals found on the shelves of our grocery stores were very unhealthy, full of sugar, overly processed ingredients, and chemicals. I've always been amazed that those kinds of foods are targeted to children, the most vulnerable members of our society. At a time that kids should be building up nutritious bodies, many of the major food manufacturers are producing ready-to-eat foods that undermine the future health of these unknowing members of our society. That's a very sad commentary about our society. However, over the last four to five decades, through public relations campaigns, some people and organizations have advocated for some oversight and limitation of those types of foods in the marketplace. Of course, they were pitted against wealthy marketing firms and entrenched government leaders who were more interested in protecting the status quo and their economic interests. However, a few inroads were made when some companies, responding to public opinion, voluntarily reduced the sugar and fat contents of their cereal products and decreased the use of artificial ingredients. However, a recent article from the online magazine Food Dive revealed that the trend towards healthier cereals is being reversed. The title of the article is Pour Some Sugar on Me, Cereals Get sweeter. It seems that some cereal companies like General Mills and Kellogg's are targeting the nostalgia of millennials by bringing back products like Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes, Chocolate Peanut Butter Cheerios, and Chocolate Frosted Flakes. The main reason is taste, since sweeter products rack up higher sales. Sadly, these cereals are also bringing back more processed ingredients, including artificial colors and flavorings, a huge step backward for the cereal industry and public health. Well, it's time to end the show. To all the listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a review, good, bad, or indifferent, at the iTunes store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called 
Podbean, located at www.podbean.com. Or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And, of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or a host of others too numerous to mention. If you have a question or comment on anything about food ingredients or this podcast or just want to say hello, just drop me a line at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's foodlabelsrevealed, all one string, at gmail.com. Don't forget that the references provided in this podcast are available in the show notes located at the Podbean hosting website. Lastly, I have a Facebook page that is an adjunct to the podcast. Several times a week, I post a news item related to food ingredients, processed foods, and food trends. Just search in Facebook under Food Labels Revealed Podcast. Please give it a like when you get a chance, comment if you wish, and feel free to share the posts. Next month, I'll bring back the news show where I report on recent news stories pertaining to processed foods and the latest trends in the food industry. Until later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is called Private Eye, composed by Kevin McLeod.